This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, with me as always are Barnabas and Dave. Gentlemen, before we get started, we've got a little bit of business to do here. Um, Our friends at Gospel Centered Discipleship are sponsoring the show one more time, and uh, they want us to talk about this great thing that they've got going on, which is their uh, Writer's Mentoring Cohort, which starts in just a couple of weeks on August 22nd. Um, so if you listeners are a writer who wants to grow in your craft, if you want to develop amongst other writers in a collaborative community, if you want to learn from um, great Christian authors like Jen Wilkin, Hannah Anderson, Jared Wilson, and, you know, even Barnabas, too. Even this is not a case of saving the best till last. This is a case of like, oh, look at all these good writers in that and other guy. And then there's Barnabas, That too. other guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, of the three of us, you're the one who got in, so. There we go. So so think about that. So just take 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 your win where you can. But uh, if you want to learn from, uh, from those great folks and Barnabas, um, Gospel Center Discipleship is kicking off their second season of their Writers Mentoring Cohort, and they would love for you to join them. Uh, the cohort includes monthly leader training uh, sessions, collaborative assessment from their editors, and a family of other writers looking to level up in their craft. So to learn more, to sign up, go to tailored uh, tailored.coach slash GCD writers uh, for more information to apply and do all that stuff. That's tailored.coach slash GCD writers. All right, cool. So business is out of the way. But, you know, we've got uh, we've got an important topic to discuss here. Important issue. Um, Barnabas, you did a great job setting this up in our last episode with our Sucker Punch of the Week. Um, Thank you, Buzz Aldrin. That's right. Buzz, we love you. <laughs> Thank you. We hope that between that setup and this episode releasing, there was actually some sucker punching going on. That would be delightful. Wouldn't it be great? Even more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I saw – sorry, I'm going right into politics okay. just for fun. I saw – Speaking you know, of sucker punches. Actually looking at Trump, like ignore or be um, – Ignore or be uncomfortable in his own weird way. Uh, when all you know, they had Aldrin and a bunch of other people from the space program during that time in the Oval Office. It's always weird when they like surround the president sitting there, and they're all like talking to him, asking questions. And Buzz Aldrin just was laying into him on like why we haven't made more strides in our space program. You know, Aldrin's very clear like sure. we should be going to Mars for similar reasons Wait, of why we went to the moon. Wasn't our current president the one who said we were going to have a space force? We, uh, well, he wants to. Starfleet? Shoot theoretical missiles Are we the Star uh, Trek in space. But, yeah. No, he legitimately used the phrase space force yeah, oh, yeah, at no. one point several months ago. Like, we are. Oh, our, we I have know, a space force. I know. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a, have, a military. Yeah, but it's. It is. Uh, p- p- yeah, like Starship Troopers. 
type of thing. I think that's oh, what good. that means. Oh, good. So, so not, uh, so not, so not uncomfortable onesies like, uh, like Star Trek: The Next Generation. So no, no, <laughs> no unitards. No unitards in space. There we go. <laughs> Can we at least agree on that? We don't need unitards in space. We don't need unitards anywhere. No, we no. all don't need to dress like Freddie Mercury in space. Can we agree? That's probably okay. I'm, Do it in your yeah, around home. here. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. In that's the your office, business. In the home. Yeah, <laughs> your Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> not that's in zero gravity because you know that's a whole other idea of casual <laughs> so like Friday the, right there what about like the mom jeans and like the 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 sweaty tank top thing is that okay because like that what was what was their big queen's big uh concert it was the uh um, yeah. yeah that's what he's got yeah. he's got yeah. the little dog collar yeah. uh, thing around his uh, arm too yeah with I'm the stash. You know what I'm going to do? I feel is... like I'm I'm just a mustache shy of being able to pull that off, but yeah. I can't grow a mustache. So That's sorry, Freddie. We can uh, we can pencil that in. <laughs> we can pencil <laughs> that in. It oh, oh. look like Fred Gosh, Astaire or something. Um, <laughs> it's got to be reported. Right. So you were saying something about something. Oh yeah, just yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just how oh, we have made more strides in okay. uh, yeah, you know in story. terms of developing. <laughs> good story, Dan. Yeah, that, that fell a little bit flat there. <laughs> what the world? No, no, but like you see Trump, he ignores him when he starts like challenging about it. It's really funny. He starts looking around for other people to talk to. I'm like, it's Buzz Aldrin. There's no one else here who really matters. Do right. you think I know. Donnie knows who that is? <sighs> well, Probably is how he was talking about taking the British airports in uh, the Revolutionary War. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, that's historical fiction. Maybe he's back reading, to our last or, or, episode or some speculative, speculative fiction. fiction. <laughs> that's an alternative reality. <laughs> Let's give him credit for that. All right, okay, he's very so imaginative. That's right. So we're getting close to the line of uh, cross, getting close know. to crossing the "don't get fired" line. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Right. Um, but let's we, get right up to that line. We are talking about. How to handle when authors um, basically undermine things they previously wrote. So in recent days, I'll rattle off some names because some people here are not allowed to talk about them. Uh, Josh Harris has announced that he is no longer a Christian. So anything that he wrote – what was his most famous book? Well, I mean, I Kiss Dating Goodbye was his most famous. He already set that one aside, which was probably fair. He he recanted that one. But he wrote, what was it, Humble Orthodoxy, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's and he, uh, Dug Down Deep was probably. Dug Down Deep. The, I mean, so he wrote some that were much more like general Christian living about faithfulness to Christ. Uh, Mark Driscoll came out in an interview fairly recently and talked about how the five points of Calvinism, another thing some of us here are not allowed to talk about, are, what were his words? I think he said they're complete garbage and unbiblical. Yes. He wrote and multiple books defending those things. And those yeah. who developed that theology all had daddy issues. It was like, it yeah. was, was kind of rattling. don't want to... Yeah. At, to, yeah. to, to do a little cross-promotion, uh, we did an entire Happy Rant episode devoted to Mark Driscoll's comments and kind of parsed those and his complete revisionist history and projecting onto other people. Yeah. So you've got those. Then you've got instances like uh, James McDonald or Tully mm-hmm. Tavidjan or others who have written a bunch of things they've never recanted, but have made some lifestyle and moral choices that have completely undermined those. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. To, to, to broaden out beyond, like, the, the Christian bubble, you also have the entertainment industry where heinous people mm-hmm. have done really good entertainment. So, yeah. I mean, Bill Cosby is the 
is, is, is one is of an example. Kevin Spacey, yep. um, who's Brian the, Singer, Brian Singer, uh, Roman Polanski. Roman, yeah. So I mean, there's and the list goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Um, so the the movie now Weinstein's a little different because he was not directly involved in the movies in quite the same way yeah. as like he's, an actor. Right. He's think, a pro- oh, that's a he's Harvey a Weinstein film. Right. I mean, yes, yeah. it's Miramax produced, blah, 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 but it's not the yeah, same. Yeah, he as a was director. a powerful figure. Maybe more so than the other guys we mentioned, using but, his power for da da da. Yeah, well, but that's not a, not directly involved in the. But you know, if, so I was listening to a podcast recently, and the guy made a reference to the Usual Suspects, a, a Kevin Spacey film from what, like the mid nineties. Yeah, it, and it was, also usually. directed by Brian Singer. Okay, so I mean, and, yeah. and it was a, a double, <laughs> and it was a. Um, I mean, it was like a seminal film for the era, kind of a crazy plot twist at the end. I don't know if I'm going to do a spoiler alert on a movie that's It's 24 old. years old. It's fine. Okay. I'm not going to explain the plot of the movie. But Kevin Spacey plays plays the main character. Um, and so this guy made a reference to it. And then he paused and he goes, wait, am I allowed to do that? Because, like, is Spacey on the no – like, is he on the no-fly zone? Is he on the blacklist? Like, we don't talk about him. And so mm-hmm. all of that to set up the question of what do we do with content, not content – like in the euphemistic way, but like written content, film content, music content put out by people who have either rejected and recanted it, yep. even though we found it helpful or, or good, right. or have undermined it with their their moral choices. Right. And another example, you talked about music. Another example is Dustin Kensru, who um, is in the band Thrice, was at one point um, actually the worship guy at mars hill yeah i christian music i almost want to set that aside sure because the industry is so two-faced oh yeah and and so it it feels a little different than like a pastoral ministry kind of thing because it's it's essentially the commercialization of christian lingo set to catchy beats sure and a ton of people in that industry could not give to any things about jesus so that's whereas, fair. whereas when it's pastoral and people are preaching the gospel, preaching repentance, preaching these or writing books about it and writing books about spiritual disciplines and grace of God and and doctrine and different things. And then they they either live an entirely opposite way or say, well, that was all garbage. I don't believe it anymore. Right. What do we do? I mean, the whole. Right. And you can throw Carl Barton there, too. I mean, we right. talked about him briefly a while back um, with his live in mistress. Yeah, I mean that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah, once somebody once <laughs> oh, somebody is dead, it's almost. My library. Sim- it feels like it feels like when people are dead, it simplifies it. Yeah, oh, in I, our minds at least. Well, they can't defend it in any way unless they already spoke on it. But if you discover these things later, it's yeah, uh, you know, it's a little bit like how you look back at history of any figure. You look at later, like, whoa, well, they own slaves, so therefore. They're bad in every way, or you know, you see, I'm going like you know. There's and you, the, yeah, you never want to downplay the immorality. Yeah, but the impact. So Jonathan Edwards, uh, a lot of the Puritan era okay. writers were part yeah. of the institution of slave ownership, either yes. because they didn't stand against it or because they actually owned slaves. Yeah, that's a that's a, a profound evil. They also wrote and spoke. Right. a lot of profound good it's much easier in our minds to separate those two at least as white people i don't mm-hmm. know i don't think it's as easy for everybody to separate those two and say we can hold on to the good and and separate the bad yeah. i maybe we're not in a position to do it with living people 
I mean, maybe maybe Is we're too we're time? too close. Possibly. Well, maybe maybe we need to see if any of these writings hold up long enough to matter. Like, did anything yeah. Mark Driscoll wrote, anything James McDonald wrote, anything Tully Chavidgen wrote, anything Josh Harris wrote, anything Rob Bell wrote, the answer to him is no. Yeah. Um, that Do any of these things hold up long enough for it to even matter? Well, I mean, I mean, for, for at least a couple of those guys that are on that list, I mean, it's an easy no as well. Um, because, I mean, they didn't really write what they wrote anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. Uh, so. <laughs> That's fair. I've, I've met James McDonald's. Yeah. Hired writer yeah. multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I would argue none of these guys have done anything profound in terms of writing. Uh, they wrote for a time and place, and that's kind of where it ends. You know, I, I, that's or how the, I look at or, it. Or, now, in, or in one case, they it, uh, lifted from someone else's writing. Yeah, in one case, exactly. Credit. So the other, the other thing is, um, I'm sure there are people, I know there are, who have read one of their books and have been uh, deeply impacted by it. Sure. And so you can't deny that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you read one of those and it has an effect that it's, that's, that's a good thing, but um I don't know. Yeah, when, when you have time to reflect now and look back at what they wrote, like none of them really, really hold up. I mean, Rob Bell. What, I mean, a lot of people seem very impacted by Velvet Elvis and the way they did from like Blue Like Jazz or something. Like mm-hmm. it seems to be that kind of like era, and it was that book like you like young people just loved. Yeah, and I've I've not read it to be honest. I can't even speak to it. But, I read but it I'm in just two thousand and five when okay. it came out. But but you know, proves my point that clearly it had an impact on people and was. I guess was good. I don't. I don't know. It was not good. But why? Blue, but the like, point is, there were people like who was, was good. So, sure. Yeah. Because Donald Miller can write. Velvet Elvis was garbage because Rob Bell can't. Also, Miller, throughout all of his books, there was always a core of I believe these things, mm-hmm. and I have questions about these things. Rob Bell's core was always I ask questions about everything and will never reveal what I actually believe. Maybe because I didn't know, maybe because whatever, but like his whole point was yeah. questions, not answers. Right. And he yeah. just released a, uh, a book called what is the Bible? And uh, I'm pretty sure it's, he's titled it that way because he wants to find out what the answer is. Yeah. Cause he doesn't know yeah. or have any conviction on the matter. Um, yeah. I, I think it is a really, it's very hard. So the way that I was just talking about this in terms of maybe we need to give it time is sort of an analytical look at it that depersonalizes the issues. So if you're a member of the congregation of Mars Hill or Harvest Bible Chapel yeah. or what was the name of Tellian's church? Uh, Coral uh, Gables? Coral Ridge. Uh, Coral Ridge, <laughs> Coral Gables. Uh, Coral Ridge. Or one of these churches, you know, then your the impact you feel by this is not based on what they wrote, but what they what they what role they played in your life as pastor, as shepherd, as sort of f- spiritual figure. Mm-hmm. Some people probably read their books that way too. Then there's the whole bunch of people who like they they run across um, I don't know Tellian's book uh, Unfashionable or whatever. Now they don't know who he is. Yeah. They don't really care. Like somebody just gave them this book they, they four years ago. They read it now, and they're like, "Man, that really helped me appreciate this about God's grace." And they never look into who he is, and God can use that. So it it's really you start pulling on a thread here, and you just start to like you unravel some things and you tie a knot somewhere else, and it gets really messy. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm gonna kind of go over to the 
I'm just going to say secular writing world just for the sake of comparison for a second. There are so many writers out there who have done some terrible things. And even when you start dissecting Ernest Hemingway's life, you're right. like, well, why don't we read his books? Like, because we separate that. Yes. We separate it because he's written fiction novels that are and because about he's tremendous dead. Flaw, flaw, he's dead and flawed characters. And we, a lot of people didn't know all these things, too, mm-hmm. the, the public. But yeah. let's say Ernest Hemingway is writing today. Um, although his legend is probably more, it's kind of like Churchill. There's more legend sometimes than there is actual truth. But um, mm-hmm. a side note too, it's like Churchill. We love Churchill, right? Well, here's a guy who practically enslaved the Indian people uh, in the name mm-hmm. of British imperialism. So, like, I know I catch myself. I'm like, you know, the man was far from perfect, and there's close to a billion people today would agree with me. Yeah. So. Um, actually, more than just imperfect, but evil. They would probably you say, you know what I mean. But yeah. the point is, like, why? Why we hold these Christian authors, pastors in particular, to this really high standard? Because you're right, and that's why it makes the news beyond Christian news too. It suddenly kind of becomes something bigger and saying, oh, you know, so and so pastor swindled his way to a bestsellers list or abused church members uh, verbally, physically, whatever, whatever it may be. But the point is, they they look at the hypocrisy and say. Well, yeah, there's no way we can separate it. That means everything he wrote was bad because of that. And I don't know. That's why, like, I, I keep – and the, uh, JFK, like, the other characters of history, too, they're all, he's, who's written books, too. So right. I put him in there. And he, wrote, he writes Profiles in Courage. Well, here's a guy who I think we agree was um, a great leader for his time and place. Mm-hmm. Some would disagree with that, but I, I think so. And I think also he's inspiring. But we know behind the scenes, I mean, prostitutes and other women coming into the White House every single day, Mm -hmm. you know. So we know that. Yeah, kind of sketchy. (laughs) Apparently we're okay with that today. But um, (sighs) sorry, it's hard to escape it. Uh, Just to clarify, we is a broad (laughs) American term, not these three three specific individuals are not okay with any of that kind of so, I, you know, it's just fascinating how we, we like in our Christian subculture, boy, this is a big issue. And yeah. we feel like, here's the deal. I, I'm good at, well, it's, at, at it's pulling a, these books off shelves because I mean, of it. Because, and, and should we do that? Well, let's go mm-hmm. to his, but yeah. historical politics, specifically on the issue of race and slavery, this is as big of an issue. Because you, you have – so you look at the founding fathers of the country. You know, on the one hand – we would not be here as an independent nation without the leadership of those men. Correct. On the other hand, they were slave owners viewed viewed uh, black people in any minority as less than a human. They set the precedent for the three-fifths of a human laws that came about later. They, you know, and that was to kind of equalize populations and voting and things like that. So they, they essentially commoditized the, the humanity of, uh, of slaves. And, and these are the people who we, we have lionized on the one hand. And, and the, the movement is largely to demonize them now. But yes. to, to do one or the other is to discount and an equally weighty truth. And that's what that's where we go wrong. We have a we have an inability to hold two realities in our mind about anybody. I think if we were a little bit more honest, we could do that we could do this about ourselves. 
Like we, mm-hmm. we always want to view ourselves in a favorable light, but any, especially a believer has the freedom to look at ourselves and go, uh, you know, like we can kind of echo Paul that like, I'm the chief of sinners. Yeah. I know my worst thoughts. I know my worst deeds. I know my past. Um, also I know the way that God is working in my life. I know sanctification. I know my dedication to, to grow as a Christian, to serve people, whatever. Yeah. And, and they're both true. Yeah. And, and so it, we don't have a problem doing it with ourselves. Right. We do have an enormous problem doing it with other people. But I think – and I, I think that's why we get frustrated is because we, we want to land at a conclusion and the conclusion is they are both. Right. You know, Thomas Jefferson was both an integral part of America being a historically great n- political nation. Yes. And a terrible person toward – anybody who was black mm-hmm. and probably some who were white. Uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. they're, they're both true. Yeah. And and we just, we don't want both of them to be true. Right. We want to pick one. Well, well yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to, there's just something in us in general. And this is, this is true just across the board. We always want the simple binary in that it's either, like, we think about this in, in, in theology, too. Like we were talking about this, um, uh, real in in our small group recently. That you know, um, there we we want the either or. Um, so, is God is God in control of all things? Is God in authority? Is God sovereign? Um, or do or do the things that we do and say and pray do they matter in the world ultimately? Um, and the answer the answer to to that is it's not an either or it's always a both it's it's a both and it's the answer is yes what god has authority over all things and what we do and say and what we pray matters the choices we make make a difference in life um when we think about authors um yeah i think i appreciated your point of saying you know maybe we need to wait till they're dead to really be able to make um make a decision i mean i mean think about it like i mean or or long enough for actual repentance for, for the dust to settle because sure. a person at 75 or 80 yeah has a very different take on their their choices at 40 45 than, sure than than they do five years removed sure i mean um let's just use let's use josh harris as as the example in this since he's he's kind of what started this conversation uh-huh. um, or motivated the conversation and um i mean I've met him. I've interacted with him a couple of times. I not enough to say like that. I know him or that we're friends or, or really anything like that. Um, but I mean, I, I know people who do know him and, and I know how this is affecting them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also look at it and I have to, and, and I have to think about, and I have to hold out hope that it's like, okay, this is, this is all fairly, Fresh and in the context of the larger um, the larger issues of his church experience of being thrown into the spotlight as a Christian celebrity at you know twenty two or whatever or seventeen or however young he was when um, he started speaking at anything which no one has any business saying anything at that age. So of course he's gonna he's gonna look back on say a um, you know so I kissed da- I kissed dating goodbye and be like i mean he kissed dating like, goodbye until he kissed it hello 
Well, like, <laughs> I mean, it's that's like point. it's like it's like what every single per, every single person is called to singleness until they're not. Sure, sure. So, but um, but with him, it's like I look at like I look at what we all saw in in him and how God was working through him, um, and the demeanor that he carries himself with still even through all of this and i mean i can't not hold out hope that god's not done with him as long and i mean this is true just in general with with all of these guys as long as they're still alive god's not done what he's gonna do um but his disposition seems to be one more of rather than hardened obstinance and doubling down on being a like James. And catch that. You sound like you have something in your throat. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, like sorry. I apologize for coughing into the mic. That it's was right. it's a completely rude. inappropriate. A little rude, yeah. Yeah. I would hope that we would be able to look back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and say, okay, a Harris book, maybe not world changing. But we could go back and say, okay, this this is really helpful. And he's gone back and re-embraced it. That would mm-hmm. be my hope for him. So here's so here's my take on the books. Obviously, this is a book podcast and we can talk sure. about movies and whatever. I two, two couple quick things. Mm-hmm. One is I think there's a different reality for those who are professing believers and those who aren't. So like the Hollywood actors, directors, whatever. Yes. Um, or like the Hemingways of the world, et cetera. Not professing believers, which means it is there is a it is a little bit easier to separate for them the good from the immoral because we we have to do that with every non non believer always to yes. look for the image of God in them and recognize the things that need redemption. Um, of course. So the second thing is, I don't think that we need to discard and burn all of the books by all of the professing believers who have left the faith. Yep. Now, there is an aspect of if their name causes you to stumble out of bitterness, anger, whatever, like maybe set that one aside. Yeah. But there, there is like, – we need to be able to separate the man from the message in, in the sense that if they wrote true things about God – that they didn't become untrue because the person stopped believing them. Right. Truth is not determined by the voice that says it. And so if if James McDonald's fall from ministry, if Mark Driscoll's leaving behind of his theology and fall from ministry, if Tully and Chavidgen's infidelity, if Josh Harris's walking away from the faith, uh, I mean, those things are all true. It yeah. does not change any of the true things they've ever said. Mm-hmm. They still have merit. So if you can read those things as true things about God – and beneficial to your soul, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It does get sticky when you get to the like the promotion of the man who wrote them or yeah. ghost yeah. had a yeah. ghostwriter write them or whatever. Right. But like that, I don't. I don't think that readers need to feel the the societal pressure to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to chuck every baby out with every gallon of bathwater in every situation, always, mm-hmm. and it's almost never helpful. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm in agreement. You know, I was thinking yeah. too, we talked about Eric Greeton's last year's book, Resilience. And mm-hmm. I, it's funny, I gave that to, so I, so I bought like a handful of copies because there's a couple of guys I was with and I has, that I was kind of mentoring and I, I never gave it to them because it was like right in the middle of that. I'm like, I just don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. You know, that's really, I mean, the book was fantastic. Sure. But I realized like this book really wasn't about him. It was about him encouraging another friend and the whole purpose of it was this. Yeah. And so there's another guy who needed kind of a, yeah, 
kind of some an uplift, and I knew he would like the type of book, so yeah. I gave it to him. But it wasn't about the author; it was about the message. It's called yeah. resilience. So yeah, exactly. That's what exactly. I got. Cool. All right, all right, guys. That uh, seems like a good place to yeah. wrap up that uh, segment of our conversation. We've, as always, got a couple other things that we need to do. One is, of course, to determine who it is that we are going to sucker punch this week. Uh. And are we back to the Jack Reacher sucker punch of the week I this think, week? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. this is an honorary week. We gave right. Buzz, so at the end of the day, it's Jack right. Reacher. So, so, yeah. so Buzz, again, we love you. Please don't hit us um, for taking for for reverting <laughs> the name. Buzz, you're welcome on anytime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't hit us. <laughs> All right. So who needs a sucker punch this week, Dave? You have any candidates? I'm, I mean, I, I'm I, racking I, my brain. You know, I was, you know, all right. So I'll throw one out there just because I was been reading Warmth of Mother Sons. Mm. You know, the, the white planters out there trying to coerce uh, <laughs> African Americans to stay in the South. Yes, uh, when they were pretty much continuing to steal and enslave them in different ways mm-hmm. in the 20th century. That's, so there you go. Fair. I mean, it's not one person; it's the whole system. Yep, a system around continuing slavery. I in many also ways. have a white guy who needs to be punched. <gasps> oh, good. Uh, unrelated circumstances. Uh-huh. So I tried listening to the audiobook of The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. which so it is a memoiry kind of thing by a guy named Jordan Belfort. Um, yeah, and it is uh, it's he's so charismatic. He's really funny. He's a great storyteller, and I hate Jordan, him so much. Jordan Belfort. Yes, <laughs> this is the, yes. yeah, and he just. It is the absolute celebration of like every bit of debauchery that I mean, so we're talking drug habits, cocaine habits, hooker habits, cheating on spouses, laundering money. And like he's he's writing about this this raging kind of unregulated time in Wall Street right. in the eighties, but he he doesn't seem at all sort of like remorseful. It's like in he's right. sort of reveling in the memory of it. And I'm like, Oh, I really dislike this guy. Did you see, for you ever saw the movie? No, I gathered that the movie might not have been worth seeing for a variety of yeah. content reasons. I, I, it was a movie. My I understanding to, is there's a lot of scenes. Yeah, I, I, stuff. I had to stop watching it. I mean, I, remember I, I saw him like, oh, great. And also, there's nothing. Well, I don't know. I guess I can ruin it. It's been out long enough. Uh Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like I have no problem with some of those things, assuming it's leading in a true character transformation. The reality is he's escaped to Australia, right? And he's right. just basking in his millions yeah, that he is protected from the government. Sorry for he ruining was, he that, was, That's public. That's in the news, everything. So He was writing this. Uh, yeah. you know, I didn't make it that far. I made it to the point where like the SEC was starting to come down on him, and I'm like, I can't take this guy anymore. Yeah. So it – it really is a, a well done piece of yeah. writing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and I just hated the guy so much. Yeah. So I would no, like Jack you. Reacher to sucker punch Jordan Belfort. Jordan and Belfort. maybe if he could <laughs> siphon off some of those millions and send them my way, I'd be happy to. <laughs> Even if they're in yeah. Australian dollars. <laughs> They'll still right. be worth a lot here. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. I don't have anyone to add to that sucker punch list. Okay. So, um, <laughs> gents, what are we reading? Um, uh, I'm reading uh, one of those little 
200 page. World War II history books? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm doing, I mean, my girls go to a Christian school and they're reading a bio and Eric Little, of course, okay. um, which I'd seen Chariots of Fire, but I never, well, that's not true. I did read a book on them years ago, but uh, it's been fun because I've been reading it out loud to her. She wanted to do that. And I said, that's fine. You know, she's mm-hmm. falling. We're just sitting together, but she has loved, she thought, oh, this is going to be so boring, Dad. It's a history book. And, and, and she just got done doing track this spring that she loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like it's a, he's got an exciting story it's and an there's Olympic so much runner. more to it than even than uh, what he did during the Olympics. So um, she's loved it. It's fun. It's always fun seeing your kids come alive yeah. with a book. And yeah. that's been one. So there Very you go. Cool. Very cool. I just started one called Papillon, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is a, it's a, like a memoir autobiography by a guy named Henri Cherrier, oh, okay. who was a early 20th century criminal in France who was uh, so he he was a criminal but then he was convicted to life in a prison camp in French Guiana for a crime he didn't commit yeah and then it's basically the story of him it's kind of his count of Monte Cristo story got it but I'm like five percent into the book but I can already tell that he's it's gonna be good like just his his writing style his yeah there early 20th century writers had a very different flair with language this has also been translated from the french which means that there's also like credit to two people one is the author the other is to the translator or translators so far i'm yeah super impressed very cool very cool all right um i am just getting started with jennifer michelle greenberg's not forsaken um a story of life after abuse so this is uh this is not a cheery read at all this sounds like a hopeful one yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like Jen, Jen is she, um, she was abused by her her father, who was a professing believer, and yet she's still she's still a Christian. Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't given up the faith. No, I interact with her on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, she's she's, she's, she's a good, great. She's inter- a good she's a good follow with. too. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy it. It's uh, it's a uh, another good book company release. So it is. Uh, uh, she is a fellow label mate with you yep the good book company i really appreciate how they they don't just hunt like a-list authors they yeah. hunt content that they believe in and i'm really glad they put that one out yes yeah. that's, that's me great. too me too i'm looking forward to that and there's another book that i can't talk about yet that i am reading because it is uh not gonna be available for a few months so okay yeah oh, yeah. yeah okay so sneaky sneaky work to tease yeah, yeah. all cool. right Cool. Um, all right, guys. So this was a good, uh, good chat. A little shorter than usual, which is also nice um, for us, anyway. For us, it was good for the listeners. It's like forty minutes, guys. It's it's a sauna in here. It's, it's hot. hot. It's hot. So hot. I wish. So I hot. I wish so Dave was wearing something other than a towel. So. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. At least he's wearing that. Woo. Yeah. Right. Or something. You said that's, right. that's right. That's right. Dress. Okay. Right. Uh, and of course, listeners, leave your five-star rating and review. Glowing praise, even if it's not true. Thanks. Bye. This is an area code podcast.